gamers, this is Joe from What I'm Playing Now. I have episode 75 of the podcast that was originally recorded on June 24th of 2015. Some of the games I played for the week are Burritum, Evolution, Rattlebones, Dead Man's Draw, Game of Thrones board game, 2nd edition, and FIFA 14. But I also talk about some of the games I want to play for the week, like Viticulture, which I actually think I mentioned in the last podcast. Enjoy the episode. Good evening, gamers, and welcome to another episode of the What I'm Playing Now podcast. My name is Joe Luzzi, and we are on episode 75. Hey, send me some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to whatimplayingnow at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at what I'm playing now. Don't forget to drop that G, like I always say. On Facebook, just do a search for What I'm Playing Now. And then our Google Plus page is plus.google.com slash the plus sign What I'm Playing Now podcast. And of course, our Twitch channel which is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. Okay, so our update for the week for the website, I am still working on the Arboretum review. That should be up hopefully within the next few days. I could see getting these up within a week. One a week is going to be kind of interesting for me for the first couple of times until I get back into the swing of writing regularly. So the first couple may be a little delayed, and then hopefully after that I can get onto more of a good schedule with those and maybe get those out a couple of days before the podcast. But we're going to jump into what I'm playing now and what I played for the week. And one of the first games I was able to get done this week was the Pathfinder Adventure card game. My group was able to get back together. We knocked out two more scenarios. We are very close to the end of season one. Scenario six for Skull and Shackles. I believe we have, I think, three more to go, which I think we may actually try to knock out this coming Sunday. But the two we did this past Sunday were 06B, the Battle of Abendigo, which was a very interesting one, in that all of your henchmen were enemy ships. There were really no villains in this scenario. So that was really interesting. And each person actually got their own ship that they were cap that they were a captain of throughout the game. You had to close all the locations that were available to close. If you lost six or more six ships, which I think is basically the number of people that we had. So if we lost basically ships equivalent to the number of people that we had, this scenario would end immediately. That was basically how you lost. Somehow we made this through pretty much unscathed. This was actually, I would say, one of the simpler scenarios, especially from the past couple ones that really maybe gave us a little bit of trouble. This one I thought was kind of easy. I was really surprised we really didn't have a problem with the with each person controlling their own ship, especially since not many people have the crafting ability to be able to repair. I was kind of nervous about that, but we actually closed out all of the locations fairly quickly. We still had a lot of blessing cards left when we did this one. Nobody was really taking too much damage or anything, so this was, this was actually a pretty good scenario. And then we jumped into 06C, the Monster Marsh, and we actually had to fight Mugslup was the villain in this one. This one was a little different. I actually took quite a bit of damage during this one due to a couple of the henchmen that came into play as well as as well as some of the other things that just happened. There were a couple of turns where I literally just lost my whole hand. And I sat there and I was like, okay, this is this is not good. And I really 
don't feel like dying this this late into the season, but we were able to make it through. I think I had four cards in my actual deck that I could have used had I taken any damage on the, on the last couple of turns, but we were able to finish this one as well. We were able to knock it out. Um, I was a little disappointed in that this last one, the 06C, the Monster Marsh, you really didn't get any sort of reward for it. The only reward that you really got for this one was being able to use two more pieces of loot that you could then use the, the Scoundrel's Sword Cane as well as the crossbow of retribution so people can now use those as loot within the game but other than that we really didn't get any other sort of reward or anything so hopefully those are good items i think from what i had heard a couple people said that they were actually very good items so we'll see who will grab those next week and hopefully this sunday we are starting a little early although i know my group sometimes likes to sit and chat a little bit and play a lot more on the casual side than being real serious. So I don't know if we're going to try to knock out all three of these final scenarios or not. We may give it a go and hopefully we actually have enough time to maybe do that. So next week I may be able to tell you that we are finished with the Skull and Shackles, the first season of organized play, and possibly getting ready to jump into Wrath of the Righteous, which I already have some of the scenarios for and I'm really looking forward to playing that one. All right, and then on my last week's Thursday night board game group, we started off playing a little Arboretum, which was our initial game of the night. We had a nice quick four, well, I don't want to say quick, it was a good four-player game. And I think in this game, it's possibly one of the first times. I think I've scored zero points. I had several people that were basically blocking me from doing from doing any sort of scoring throughout the game. And you'll be able to read about this in my review, but everybody that I play this with has really enjoyed Arboretum. There was one gentleman who really wasn't too keen on it. He had played it once or twice before, but then when he sat down and we went over the rules with him and really and explained it to him and, and got him on the right track, by the end of the game, he actually walked away from the table liking the game. So I think down at my local store, they're actually trying to get some more copies in because I, I believe once I had actually started kind of teaching everybody this game and picked it up myself, uh, that the, the final copies that they had pretty much flew off the shelves once everybody saw how good of a game Arboretum is. So wait for my review on this one, and I'm sure you can pretty much tell from what I've just said that it's probably going to be a pretty good review. All right, we jumped also into a little evolution. This is a pretty interesting game. I saw some people from my actual Pathfinder group playing this back on Tabletop Day as they were down at my local store. I was actually in the middle of something else, so I wasn't able to jump over to their table and, and hop into the game with them. But they actually played Evolution back then. This past Thursday was my first time playing it. They had actually walked out of the store and they purchased a copy of Evolution after playing it that day. So I had a feeling it was pretty good. This is one of the games that had been on my list that I wanted to play and I really enjoyed this game. So in evolution, what you're doing is you're playing as different species and you're basically trying to grow and evolve those species. I think in our game, most of the players went with basically kind of like the herbivore route where people were creating species where they were basically just eating from the food supply and eating plants and there's different trait cards that you can play that will basically augment your species and give them different abilities. On my first turn though, I tried something a little different. It was since it was the first time I was playing, I kind of wanted to go a different route. I was dealt a carnivore trait card. So I played that on my first turn, not really knowing what that card was, what type of havoc and just complete insanity and craziness I was going to cause with the carnivore card. But I think it was the only carnivore card that actually came into play throughout the whole game. I never got rid of it. It was actually a very successful species for me. I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun. But if you're going to play carnivore, you better be willing to attack your opponents because that is how you're going to feed. As you cannot eat any of any of the plants from the food supply being a carnivore. So basically on your turn, what you're going to do is you're going to draw a number of cards. And then plus one, I think, equal to the amount of species you actually have in play. Everyone will then need to add one of those cards 
cards to the food supply, you can place up to three cards then on any three of the trait cards on any of the species to basically give them different abilities or skills. In regards to the food supply, basically everybody's putting in food supply and there's a number on the card. And that number will then reveal how much food actually goes into the food supply for everybody to take. Now, one of the interesting things I will say about one of my opponents during this game, the cards that they were given, the trait cards, it was it was killing me every time they were flipping over a new species. Because on each of their species, they had the crawling ability, or the climbing ability, I mean. And the climbing ability basically gave them the ability to where I could not attack with my carnivore unless I had the climbing ability as well. And I was never given a climbing card. And he had five or six different species out that had the climbing ability. And every time he flipped over a new species and had a climbing card, I just sat there and was just like, I just completely had to ignore him as I could not attack him at all. And that's kind of where the game gets to be really, really fun. So like I said before, once all the cards have been kind of put into play, including the food card, uh, the, they're revealed. The food is then brought into play and placed in the middle of the board as the food source. Everybody flips over their other cards for their species. And then you can see basically what type of traits they're giving to their characters. Most of the species in our games were taking, you know, the food from the center of the table. My carnivore, though, got to attack any other player that I wanted to, as long as they didn't have special abilities like climbing and stuff like that. So there are ways you can basically defend yourself against a carnivore like myself. And basically combat kind of comes down to kind of who's the biggest as far as who has the biggest character size wise and, and group wise in, in as far as on your on your game board goes. So the game basically goes and continues until the main deck of cards is depleted. And then at that time, you basically count the victory points to see who won. The way you obtain victory points through this game is at the end of each turn, the food that you've actually collected during that turn gets placed on your species boards. At the end of the turn, whatever food you've collected, you actually then get to keep and put in your bag. And those are basically your victory points. Our game was a tie. Myself and one other guy, the guy who actually played all the climbing species, had 58 points. I think there's a way you can break ties, but we kind of just considered it a tie because everybody just had a really good time playing the game, and I was completely fine with that. I did hear that there is an expansion coming out to this game. I think it's coming out in a few months, actually, and it's actually going to add flying animals into the mix, which I think should make the game very fun and interesting, and I can't wait to actually try that. I don't know if anybody actually kickstarted it down at my local game group, so I'm going to have to check out in on that, but though I know the one guy that had actually brought the game. I think his was a Kickstarter copy, and it was a lot of fun. All right, then we have another new game that just came. I think it just came out this week, or maybe a couple of weeks ago. It was released at Origins, and I think one of the guys from our game group picked it up down there, and that's a game called Rattlebones. So Rattlebones is a dice-building game, and when I say dice-building game, I mean you will literally be removing the sides of the dice and replacing them with new sides that give you victory points, certain actions, or, or other various things you, during the game. The game has a whole circus feel to it. So all of the components are going to bring back a lot of good memories from going to the circus when you were a kid. Each player basically has three monkey tokens that they can move around the board, and you can move any one at any time, depending on the die that you roll, and you can move them whatever number that you roll from the die and you're basically trying to earn victory points. So the interesting part about this game is you're moving around the board clockwise. You have a little mouse that moves around the board clockwise that I think is your counter for victory points. Whenever you roll a one on the die and the one side of your die can never be removed or changed, it's always rattle bones. And whenever somebody rolls rattle bones, they move rattle bones along that outer track of victory points 
counterclockwise. And the first character that can actually run into Rattlebones and touch and basically get to him is going to be the winner of the game. So when you land on a spot, when you roll your die and you land on a spot on the board, you have a chance to pick up a tile that you can then remove one of your numer- numeral die- sides from your die and replace it with something like um, a steel token or an arrow token that will let you flip the die to wherever the arrow is pointing or actually obtain victory points. And we had one guy who was rolling the train die constantly. He jumped ahead immediately in victory points and we were all basically chasing him for the rest of the game. He essentially did win and the really cool thing is there's just so many different actions that are available that I'm, I'm not going to go into them during this podcast. I'll save those maybe for the next time I talk about this game because I do want to get this game played a few more times. This game is very original as far as changing the dice. I really wasn't too sure how I was going to feel and how I was going to like popping off the sides of the dice, putting another side back on there, but it really does make you think as far as which die you want to roll. So one of the actions that you can actually put on the side of your dice is an action that actually lets you roll multiple dice at a time. And this is where a couple of people got also very ahead and got quite a few victory points. There's just so many things you can do with the dice in this game. It's it's a really neat and I thought unique idea. I'm still not completely 100% sold on the game. I thought it was really good, but I do want to play it a few more times before I give kind of like my final say on this one because I'm still not I'm still not sure on it. I mean, from what I saw initially, I have a feeling that this game is possibly going to be a pretty good hit, and there's going to be quite a few people that are going to you know picking up this game. So, but I I do want to get it played a few more times, and then I'll give you I'll give everybody my my final thoughts on the game. But as of right now, I think I think it's I think it's a pretty good game, and I think it. has, it has a chance to to become to become a mainstay possibly where that we play you know quite frequently. All right, after that we jumped over to a nice smaller light card game, a nice little filler game called Dead Man's Draw, and I think this was actually a game that was released on tabletop day if I remember correctly. I didn't get a chance to play it back then, but the guy from our group that actually had it the box actually said tabletop day and i think that was where he said he got it from so it's a very quick and easy push your luck card game where basically you're playing a pirate and you're trying to accumulate more booty than your opponents each player is dealt two trait cards and you get to choose from one of them and that's basically kind of like your pirate and each character kind of has their own action that they can do throughout the game there's a main deck of cards that place in the middle of the table and basically on your turn what you're doing is you're flipping over the top card you can continue flipping over the top cards as long and resolve abilities from the cards because each card that you flip over you basically have to there's an ability that triggers immediately and you have to resolve that ability you can keep flipping cards over as long as you don't draw a card that has the same suit of one that's already been flipped over so there's like swords anchors so as long as you don't draw you know two swords sometime during your play session you know you can just keep flipping over cards the other thing you can do is basically stop and just take all the booty and then place those cards in front of you. The cards are also numbered, so there are some cards that have that are worth basically more points. There's also cards that have abilities that let you steal from your opponent, and if you do draw a card that is the same suit of one that's already in the center of your board, all of those cards basically just get put together, thrown into the discard pile, and then it's the next person's turn, and gameplay just keeps going on until the pile until the cards in the center of the table are basically depleted. Very light game, very quick, very easy to pick up on. Not a ton of strategy to it. Like I said, completely push your luck because you're flipping over cards, hoping that you don't get a duplicate suit of a card coming out, and then you're just trying to go off of the abilities and triggering the abilities and seeing what cards your opponents have out in front of them, stealing from them and just trying to 
build up the most points for yourself. Nice, easy filler game. Quick and cool. If people like that sort of game, this is something that'd be right up your alley. All right, then I also got in a game this week of a little bit deeper of a board game. It is the Game of Thrones board game. I'm not going to go too much into the rules like I have on some of the other games when I talk about them, because this is a pretty deep strategy game. I will say we were playing with five people, and the game was pretty much even throughout all of the play session, I would say. I, I think all of us kind of went up a couple of points, down a couple of points, and there was nobody that really jumped out to to a commanding lead. Everybody was 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 with always in a point or so of everybody else, and nobody was ever ahead by a couple of points. The game basically goes on victory points, and you're basically trying to take over castles and strongholds, and that's the main actions that you can do to obtain the victory points. You're also trying to build an army, you know, to basically fend off all of your enemies that are are surrounding you. And I think it's really interesting the way the game board plays out, because each person is kind of like given their own section of the game board to start off with, and then you're trying to grow. But they put you so close to your opponents that as you're trying to grow, it almost forces you to attack them. Now, one of the guys I was playing with yesterday, we were right next to each other on the game board, and we kind of just said at the beginning of the game, you go south, I'll go north, and we pretty much stuck to that and tried not to bother each other too much because it would have been very easy for us to just get into a battle ourselves, and then the rest of the three people could have just run away with the game. But we tried to just play nice, kept a kept a real nice strategy going, kept our truce throughout the game. I don't think either of us, I don't think either of us attacked any, either, each other until pretty much the, the last turn, I think it was. But at that point in time, it's okay. I'll definitely play this game again. I will say my wife and I have always wanted to watch this series of Game of Thrones, and that's something we just haven't had a chance to sit down and actually spend any time with yet. But even though I haven't watched any of the TV series or even read the books, I will say that the game is a deep strategy game, and I think a lot of the flavor that's added in through this through the through the show and through the books is something that just adds to the game. The game is a perfectly great strategy game and really doesn't even need a lot of that additional I don't want to say fluff, but a lot of the additional information or stuff that you you know brought in, you know, from the actual story of Game of Thrones itself. But I will say as far as being a strategy goes, one of the better strategy games I've played, I really liked it. It's extremely thought provoking. We it was a very long play session for us when we played this we were at this for several hours because i think there were a couple of us it was our first time playing and some of the other guys hadn't probably played the game in about a year so if you are going to sit down with this game do expect a big play session and i will say playing with five people i think we were supposed to have a six but somebody had to back out at the last minute i will say playing with five people definitely made the game a lot of fun so those were a lot of the board games that I actually played for the week. I got into a couple of video games, but one video game that I kind of just jumped down a rabbit hole on this past weekend when I was sitting around was FIFA 14. And I had talked about FIFA 14 probably during the initial couple of podcasts that I had done when I was start- starting this this show. I think I had originally just gotten my PlayStation 4 at the time, and FIFA 14 was one of the release games that I had gotten with my PS4, and I had played a lot of it back then, and I hadn't really touched the game probably in about 8 to eight to 12 months, I would say now, from what it looked like by the save file. And for some reason, Saturday night, I sat down, I started playing, continuing the season that I had started before, where my character was playing for Roma and was then um, loaned out to another league team 
I finished that season and actually had started up another one and it was just it was just having a good time. It did take me probably about a good game or so before I started remembering a lot of the controls and getting a good feel for the game again. Since I was since I since I hadn't played it in so long, I was a little it was, the first game was a little rough. I didn't score anything, but then once I did start scoring, I really got a got a good feel for the game again and I actually want to play a lot more FIFA now for some reason. I I don't know why and I don't know where this came from all of a sudden, but um, I may be talking about FIFA again here shortly uh, because I may be getting back into that game. But that's about it for a lot of the games that I played for the week. Some of the games I want to play coming up, I think I had mentioned Viticulture in my past, in one of the last podcasts, I think actually the last podcast that I had talked about playing, and I don't think anybody in my game group actually had one. I talked to the owner of the store, he actually ordered a store copy from what he mentioned to me. So I'm hoping that that store copy is actually going to be in this week and we will actually be playing that tomorrow during my normal Thursday night board game group. As far as what else I want to play, there's a lot that I want to play that's on my playlist right now. With the new Batman game coming out, I want to go back and finish all the old Batman games. I still want to get into more of Shroud of the Avatar. There's a bunch of Steam games that I want to play, like Darkest Dungeon, Hand of Fate, I want to go back and finish. There is just so much that's on my want to play now list. I I'm not even going to list them all down in the show notes as far as what I want to do right now because it's the list is just growing exponentially and I just really need to hit to get my nose to the grindstone and start playing some of these games and knocking some of them out already. I think I'm kind of close to finishing Hand of Fate. I know I'm nowhere near finishing Darkest Dungeon, so and I think I'm rid, kind of close to finishing the original Batman game, but I think I still have a couple more to play then after that before I actually pick up the newest one, so... I got a lot of games that I'm going to be talking about here coming up in the next couple episodes, so hopefully you'll be around and joining me for them. But that's going to be it for this episode. Hey, send me some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. Send those emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at what I'm playing now. Don't forget to drop the G. On Facebook, just do a search for what I'm playing now. We have the Google Plus page, which is plus.google.com slash the plus sign, what I'm playing now podcast, and then of course our Twitch channel which is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. Hey, thanks for joining me again this week. Don't forget to give me some some likes on iTunes. Give me some reviews on there. Like I said, send me some emails. Let me know what you're playing. And as always, I'll be back next week with more games. So everybody have a good week, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.